Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the MCW cast. I'm Tara, and I will be joined later on in the show by my co-host, Legacy Larry Legend, and MCW co-owner, Dan McDevitt. We will also be joined in studio with our special guest, Erica Lee. Erica Lee made her MCW Pro Wrestling debut this past weekend at Seasons Beatings. We'll chat with her and find out what she's been up to and how her experience was here at Seasons Beatings. Thank you all for joining us tonight on Facebook, YouTube, and of course, all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and CastBox. We are so glad that you're here checking us out and in whatever format is most comfortable for you. We also want to take this time to say thank you to our coffee club members. We love your support and we love drinking that coffee. So keep those donations coming. We really appreciate that. Now, if you missed season's meetings this past weekend, you're going to want to catch up on that. There were a lot of exciting things to take place. You can check out some of that on our YouTube channel. We also posted the results on Facebook and our website, mcwprowrestling.com. While you're at the YouTube channel, why don't you take a look at our Flashback Friday episode for this week. This will be from December 2014. Mickey James, Renee Michelle, Angelina Love, and Jesse K. You may know Jesse K as Jessica Carr, WWE referee. We'll be right back after this short break, and we'll be joined in studio with Erica Lee and Legacy Larry Legend and Dan McDevitt. So stay with us. Engage with the MCW cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch for a chance to get your questions answered on a future episode of the cast. Or send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMCWCast. We are back live in studio with our very special guest, the Gummy Bear Kid, Erica Lee. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, everybody. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for coming in. Good to have you here. Now, I have a question just to start well, things off. Right off. Um, you know, as, <laughs> as an announcer, right, uh, monikers are always something that's important to me. Mm-hmm. And I you know, just gave you a little introduction here as the Gummy Bear Kid. But I feel like I just saw you defend the Pro Wrestling Magic Championship against Jay George and Shane Fair, the announcer. There was one other superlative that he gave you. Is, is there something else you go by? Uh, sweet and Stinky. Is, is one. The... <laughs> I think that's what it was because you know what with those S's that can easily get kind of with the microphone like mm. I'm like yeah. what did he say like I know mm-hmm. he's I knew the I heard the gummy bear kid and I'm familiar with you as that but I was like what is that other thing he called her um, before he announced you as champion so sweet and stinky yeah I've got a gummy bear on one knee and a little little poo on the other the poo emoji mm-hmm. nice okay so either you get the sweet or you get the stinky <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> either way it's going to do damage Damage. <laughs> for pro wrestling magic. That's right. Pro, pro wrestling magic. They run out of um, the Knights of Columbus in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. If you've never seen a show out of this venue, I'm amazed. First it, of all, well, because uh, a lot of shows run out, run out, run out yeah. of there. But they've got a mirror on the ceiling, um, mm-hmm. which creates like oh, a neat. kind. Yeah, it creates like a reflection on the action. The the ring is like almost illuminated more if it's if if the company that's running in there doesn't have the the lighting fixtures. Just the light in that ballroom itself, because of the mirrors, it kind of illuminates the ring even more. So, okay, wait. So, if there's a mirror on the ceiling, then the ref can never miss anything. Absolutely not. <laughs> so seriously, yeah. like they, there would be no excuse for a ref to not see something. 
That's a com- like some double teaming or something like that. There'd be no logical reason. That's a championship committee member if I ever heard one, you know, <laughs> which Tara is, you know. It's the planner in me. Like I, I always see like the the end result, you know, and so I'm just yeah. thinking that that would be really interesting. Unique use for the mirror on the ceiling. Yeah, so, so if you get a chance, check out IWTV where you can see Erica Lee and Pro Wrestling Magic as the uh, current defending champion. And um, I guess, you know, for those of the fans that are joining us that are not as familiar with you, I first became familiar with you through uh, Billy Dixon's Paris is Bumping. And I think that's the first time that we met and I got to announce you. Yeah, that was the, like, no ring show. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Which we have bought up a lot on the cast um, just because. Was that a no ring show on purpose or by accident? Like the ring On show? purpose. On purpose? Yeah, yeah. So this, yeah, they do happen <laughs> on accident sometimes. But this was an <laughs> right. on purpose one, yeah. Out in St. Mary's County, Maryland. Oh, so it was way okay. out there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Middle of nowhere. But it was a cool venue and cool idea. Uh, it was at the time where a lot of people were doing more cinematic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, was the... that during the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. September of 2020, wasn't it? I and think. probably avoid, oh, it's Somewhere a way to avoid there. the October maybe. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess if it's in Maryland, it's a way, was it in Maryland? It, yeah. So it was in yeah. Maryland, but it was in a bar, you know, so and Pat a, a way to avoid a commission. Yeah. 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 Without, without. Oh. Creative. But I was a part of several um, no ring shows in my wrestling career that weren't on purpose. <laughs> because the ring didn't show up. Yeah. I was going to say, equally back... as exciting. Yeah, in back ways. in the day. You know, I would think a lot of companies now probably ho- have their own rings. And it's one of the reasons when I started MCW from the very first show, I was like, I was a part of too many of those shows where the promoter's like, hey, the ring's not showing up. We still got to <laughs> do it or we got to give refunds. So I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be in that position. Bad guy, right. That right. not showing up or what shows up oh, yeah. is just scary. Yeah. You've ever been taken down a ring after a show and the boards just bow and bow and bow and then just fall apart. Yeah, yeah. literally taking boards from, off and from wrestling and mm-hmm. you know what that's a, a thing that's horrible on the indies. Like I'd I'd always I was always taught to like kind of take a circle in a ring. Mm-hmm. Of course. When you get in it and just kinda feel it out. Not yeah. you know, a lot of people would think uh, you're just like circling for the lockup, but a lot of times I'm kind of just putting my feet places. To yeah. You're looking for where the dips are yeah, so the you know where the to overlap yeah. boards. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's worse than like if a board, especially if you're a couple matches in and like one of the boards slides, you know, pops yeah. up, slides and stuck. pops up mm-hmm. and gets stuck and you know, you don't want to freaking bump on that. So Not at all, yeah. Yeah, so that's good old independent wrestling. <laughs> so how did you get into independent wrestling? Because you had a bit of a fan base before you got into wrestling, correct? Uh, no, no, not at all. I um, I thought of it something somewhere that you had some sort of fandom or something going on. Like, well, that's cool. I would love years. to. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know where that where came I from. Read it. Um, um, maybe Reddit. I don't know, but you something. Know? I, maybe I think, you had fans before you well, had fans. I think I got injured really early on, so I had about maybe like ten or so matches, and mm-hmm. then got injured and took like seven months off mm. and managed. Um, during a, I announced for a portion of it and managed for a portion mm-hmm. of it. And then um, when I came back um, to in-ring competition, I also moved to Philly and started training at Chikara. Okay. So I think by the time people started to get to know who I was at in like that era, mm-hmm. um, I already had like some people who knew and some people who didn't. And I changed my name. Mm-hmm. So like there were a lot of like has this girl been around no she didn't wrestle yet like she she was just a manager or whatever so 
Um, right. That so, and uh, my strong, strong Twitter presence, where I, people you, you do have that they know me <laughs> as like the poo poo pee pee girl. Right. Like after uh, GCW's fight forever, mm-hmm. I saw a tweet that was like, "Oh my god, the pee pee poo poo girl wrestles," and I saw <laughs> it, and I was like, "You know me from tweeting pee pee poo poo, <laughs> and not." The other way around? <laughs> okay. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, your social media stuff is very comical. It's very, you Thank know, you, you <laughs> are a prolific poster and, you know, you're you're people funny <laughs> and you're relatable. And I think that that is what people probably connect with. Yeah, I do too. I th- I yeah. so my original gimmick was given was bestowed upon me, um, and I was like a country gal, cowgirl sort of thing, um, which is very not me, and was hard to connect with. And I felt very like not frustrated, but like limited in how I could express myself in gimmick. And mm-hmm. so when I changed my gimmick, and it was a more authentic feeling for me, and I felt like I could just be myself, I was just letting things fly. I was like, you know what, Twitter is just a space to have fun on. Like, of course, you can network and see who's where and what's happening. But if we take it too seriously, you can get so upset. And I was like, I'm just gonna have fun with this one. Like I'm, I'm, this is gonna be the social media uh, platform that I just have fun and mm-hmm. like, you know, don't take too seriously and, and I'll keep I'll keep Instagram and Facebook all like graphics and that's kind of changed now. But um, <laughs> but definitely it was a space where at first I was like just going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it got me so much traction that I was like, hmm, maybe having fun is interesting to people and it makes them feel like they're having right. fun with you. And that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. Um. So it definitely was like a light bulb moment where it was like, you know, if you try to be too like business-like or professional or you know stuffy and don't let yourself have fun you know who wants to engage with that right when it's that all the time i think we definitely should remain you know professional to a a certain level mm-hmm. you can see that with as some... best you can right yeah. <laughs> but uh but it, it's just i think it's better for everyone when you're having fun so that's yeah. that's probably the uh <laughs> the following <laughs> yeah see and i'm i'm a self-admitted uh twitter what anti-Twitter? I don't know what I'm thinking of, but anyway, and Larry actually, knows this. He keeps trying to get to me like to Twitter, use it, and now I I have the most fun on. Twitter. I just I don't like, like the way it looks, yeah. but maybe oh. I just need to follow more fun people. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I mean, there are a couple things you can do. One thing that I love about Twitter is that now you can go Twitter dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the the entire background is not white. That's kind of like you know oh, glaring. So okay. you can turn it dark. I I've enjoyed that a lot. That's what okay. I was thinking when you said you didn't like the look of it. I was like, oh, just like turn on dark mode, and then. All right, well, <laughs> Make it and, and better. Then the first thing I suggested, and I know you kind of poo-pooed this, but I kind of said, you know, Twitter on an iPhone versus Twitter on an iPad to me is a totally different yeah. immersive experience. You just have more retail space for the tweets and mm-hmm. the bubble and what you can do and how you interact with them. And when it's kind of condensed into your phone, it can look like a jumbled up mess. Um a la Tumblr or, or Reddit also or two that don't seem that streamlined to me on my phone. But if I interact with those two social media platforms on an iPad, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I dig it a little bit different. But That's so interesting. I've never, well, yeah, I've I had on my forced phone. myself to learn a little bit more about Twitter a couple weeks ago because Cash App was doing this promotion where every day at like 7 o'clock at night, they would drop a 99% discount for some store on the web. And I was like, okay. And I'm up 99% off. Sounds great to me. Yes. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to follow Cash App. And then I was like, and now I'm going to get notifications. Like I was, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Did you do. get any good deals? 
I did. I got 99% off at Crunchyroll, which Ooh. you probably don't know what that is. I Dan's looking at me like, Crunchyroll, what? <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, anime and stuff. Oh, so got some clothes and, uh, you know, for the special people in my life. Right and, on. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, speaking of Twitter, you know, we did surpass 100 followers on at MCW cast. So, yeah. Ooh, so yay. thank you go. to all of our followers out there. Uh, but you hit the nail right on the head about having fun. You guys know uh, Warhorse essentially turned his entire trajectory around just by tweeting in all caps. He And he, he yeah. will admit this. He is... Hmm. He's a, I mean, in my eyes, he's one of the biggest, brightest indie darlings out there right now, former IWTV champion. Uh, mm-hmm. But for a while, he was kind of just, you know, treading water, you know, journeyman style, going to CZW, going to this place. And he was Jake Parnell. He was always the warhorse, Jake Parnell. But one day he started to tweet in all caps. And then the users were reading his tweets like, I'm going to the gym to work out. And I'm going to go right now. Which kind of like fits the Warhorse mm-hmm. persona. And overnight, he just increased his following and became a bona fide star just by wow. having fun. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah. Just by changing on Twitter. Yeah, just changing, not even changing his gimmick, but like changing the way that the fans were able to interact with him, uh, the persona Warhorse. And I, I announced him quite a bit before he kind of blew up. And he was just a regular wrestler to me before. <laughs> and then after doing the all caps, he turned into this ultimate right. warrior kind right. of spinoff. Yeah, and... that's what I was going to say is kind of like an ultimate warrior spinoff. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if the Twitter interactions, the following, the traction he got on there influenced him to be like. Right, I was going to say. Right, yeah. They influenced it to. To change it up and do that change. more, you yeah. know. Yeah. Hmm. So. In well, particular, I love your interactions with Eel O'Neill. I think you guys are hilarious. And that's uh I, I love him. I love Eel so much. Um and and we've trained together and we've had matches, not a singles match, but we've we've worked together in the ring and Oh, you have, guys have never fought yet? We've never had a singles match. We've never had a singles <laughs> match. Just saying. All right. They're good so they're have, good friends. So we have well, such good chemistry in rings. We've we've had tag matches against each other and, and like uh, trios matches, but never a, a straight up singles match. Um and you know, we we talk all the time about like, you know, we'll see something or be inspired by something or be talking or be training and then we'll look at each other and be like, Well, that's singles match, you know, like yeah. <laughs> So it's it's something we both would you know, we I'd I'd say we're looking forward to, but it's not in the works anywhere. So, well, you never uh, know. You know, you just yeah. said it on the MCW cast, and we got a hundred followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you've worked a lot of intergender matches, right? A good number of them. Yeah. 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 You prefer them? No, it's I. For Either me, one, it's right? it's all the same. It's you 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 go in and you're putting you're putting everybody's ideas together, and and what do you do? What do I do? How does it work? What would um, what would make sense for the booking. So I really don't think, I, I don't look at them any differently or, or think like, oh man, another boy. Like, right. <laughs> But do you see yourself as kind of like p- being a role model to like the young girls out there looking to do something? Like, you know, do you kind of see yourself like that? I don't like look in the mirror and say like, I here I go, <laughs> I'm, I'm the hero. Like, let me, let me go out there for them. But when I see them, when I see the little girls yeah. in the crowd, I'm like, oh crap i got okay here we go like and and when i won the the heavyweight championship there were girls standing on chairs screaming sure and i was just like man you know like you don't realize the impact you Mm -hmm. have or the influence you have until you see the effect right like i i do not log into twitter thinking like all right all my fans are waiting to hear from me like (laughs) you know but um 
like seeing those little girls yeah. and the way they react, I'm like, oh, okay. And you were the first female to ever win that, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. First, yeah. first female champion. Mm-hmm. Herstory. Herstory, uh, exactly. Uh, Riley Shepard uh, challenged for it, and we had the first all-female uh, heavyweight uh, match, uh, wow. title title match. So and that was cross-promotional, too. That was for Battle Club. Um oh. So that's awesome. That, that's something that's come up here a lot on the cast yeah. about cross promotional. Well, I hope it's. I see yeah. more of it. I think I so too. too. Yeah. I love it. I was I was almost more excited about the cross promotional aspect than the all female aspect, just because I think there's so much um, like negative competition in indie wrestling where you have people saying. Um, you know, well, if you work down the road for this oh, guy, you can't work here. Oh, and it's yeah. so crippling. Like, yeah, uh-huh. it's, yeah. Oh, you're going to run the same weekend because you think, and it's just like, oh, yeah. like we could all win, you Everything. know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's what I, I've been doing this freaking 30 years, man. And that's why I don't, I, I just get so tired of that indie, everybody trying to cut each other's throat. Everybody thinks you're out. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, um. That's the worst part, probably, of the indies. Well, you know, the thing that I kind of realized just by sitting around this table and having conversations about this, and this has come up quite a bit with, you know, your ICW No Holds Barred, your GCWs, your CZWs, all of these companies. I guess in a way, since the spirit of what it is that we are doing is competition, that kind of umbrella encompasses all of the interactions that we as pro wrestling personalities, whether you be a wrestler, an announcer, a referee, it's it's about the the competition is what the people want to see and i wonder if that kind of like i don't know hypnotizes people to think that i've always got to be fighting because that's mm-hmm. what that's what we're presenting we're presenting a clash where someone is going to win and you know <clears throat> what i mean i think it comes down to more like just pettiness enormous idiotic indie promoter ego ego that's um, the word that's, that's why i always say like where i think we've been the most successful where we've been successful as mcw is because i've always been comfortable with my spot of where we are in the ecosystem of pro wrestling sure like we're not at the bottom you know we're up there but we're not like a ring of honor giving people national television exposure i can't like when we started doing stuff with ring of honor essentially almost as like their unofficial developmental and doing stuff with their dojo yeah i'd have people ask like you know oh well doesn't it like you're kind of like their development or underneath them and i'm like well we are yeah <laughs> like they're a national company on national television doing pay-per-view so we are so why should i be bothered by that i'm not insulted or isn't it you exciting, know, right? Yeah, like, like, isn't it, you know what I mean? Like that, you're, kind, like, you're getting the rub. Yeah, it's like, and I think I've what I've seen from so many Sorry. promoters is like everybody thinks they're, Sorry. everybody thinks they're, um, you know, a lot of these indie promoters think like they're going to be that next ECW, you know, right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like they worry about that more than just kind of being comfortable with where you are in the ecosystem. Yeah, like, and I'm, having I'm a good show that Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm comfortable with where we are, and I think a lot of it. That's why I haven't just worked with a ton, like done cross stuff, because I just I can't like I don't know. It's just hard to kind of I don't I don't have that same mentality of like. So I, I think it's just all egos, more so that stops so many promotions. Everybody feels like they got to be better than just being comfortable with where you are like yeah. in, the, in the ecosystem of pro wrestling and i'm comfortable with where we are yeah and the, you know? the ones that aren't the same caliber are going to weed themselves out right on their own right. just by nature of not right. being able to 
you know, offer the same kind of quality product mm -hmm. and everything. So mm -hmm. they'll they'll work themselves out. And it's always easier to tear somebody else down, some other guy down, some other company down than looking at your product and mm -hmm. saying, all right, yeah. how do we make this better? What are we going to improve upon from this show to the next? I think that's mm -hmm. a, a huge factor in, in, in people's success is just taking a critical eye at what you're doing and saying, like, is this working? I know I like it and I, you know, enjoyed it, but is it working? What was the result of this? What, what's the trajectory looking like? And do we have all of our aces in their places and stuff like that? It's self-reflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people like to pat themselves on the back and say, that was great. Move on. Right. It's like, what well, it could be great? And then there could be things that you would have done different, you know, mm -hmm. like if you just look at it and say, OK, I loved all of these things. That wasn't the strongest. What do we do about that part? Well, there's I mean, we see it. You know, not really here because they, the guys and girls know the right way to do this. But after a match, people just roll off into their own corners and never even talk about it. You know what I mean? But like like here, the guys that go and girls that go through the training center know, you know, the etiquette and all mm -hmm. of that. And also know that it helps them to grow. You know, if you're not going to go and talk it over. But, you know, I've been on, we've all been on shows where, you know, the guys do their thing and then they just go off and never talk about it. And it's like, well, how do you know what you did wrong? Or like, or how do you know how the person felt taking that move? Or how do you know how, I don't know, don't you mm -hmm. want to talk about mm -hmm. it? <laughs> yeah. And having people watch, you know, that I always yeah. say like one of the things that, um, that I, that like with Leo and Patrick, like when they were young, like what I always would most suppress me from them early on was they were just, they hadn't gotten to the point where they were wrestling on shows yet. They were just doing security, mm -hmm. but like a Booker T would be, you know, Booker T would be on a show and they'd pull Booker T aside and ask him for advice. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then when they first started wrestling, the problem, like Patrick had his first match and he pulled DDP aside at a show in Waldorf mm -hmm. and was like, hey, can you watch my match? And everybody was looking at him like, what's he doing? <laughs> like, and they're like a couple people like tried to stooge him out and was like, like, I should be mad at him. Right. Like, Dan, he, that guy having his first match just asked Diamond Dallas Page to go watch his match. And I went great right yeah. he should like he, like yeah he that's awesome yeah right. and then you know what ddp did sat and watched his match and watched the whole thing and then sat with him for 45 right. minutes that's awesome telling him but you know what i mean that's so i'd like cool. that like to have the balls to do yeah. that that are like and like oh should he have heat no i don't have heat with him i think it's awesome right mm -hmm. yeah that shows a lot of initiative you know what i mean and and, and that you're taking it seriously right you know what right. i mean and that yeah. you you can see past yourself to right you know and you're not you just that. let me let me right. go out there and have a match get my spots then, in and then get my spots <laughs> in and then go. right yeah so that that's how i knew like those guys early on man like these guys are going to be all right well we do yeah. have to get a spot yeah. in so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with erica lee Fuel the MCW cast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash MCWcast. And for just $3, you can buy the cast a coffee. Or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and get several additional perks. That's buymeacoffee.com slash MCWcast. Shakara. Are they are they up and running? I haven't been following. Are they back up and running now? Uh, to my knowledge, uh, they haven't. I have no idea. I've yeah. lost kind of track of like because some companies have because like CZW just started, right? Yeah. The CZW is back. Mm -hmm. They yep. just had yep. their first official show. They did the breast cancer awareness show in October, fundraising show in October. Then they followed it up with a November show, and I believe they just announced a December show. So they are closing out the year with three offerings, gotcha. all done within their their dojo. 
Right. So they, essentially, they, they've, they've they're traded... not running at the arena. No, at the absolutely arena. not. No, <laughs> they haven't been there for a number of years. So when you 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 moved up, where were you from originally? You moved up. So I grew up in New Jersey, but um, didn't start wrestling until I moved to Virginia, which is super backwards. If you know right. anything yeah. about yeah. the landscape of in both yeah, those states. Yeah. Um, but somehow that's how it worked out. And then, um, yeah, I moved, I was trained originally by, um, a WWE NXT referee named Chris Sharp or Chip Danning. I know Chris. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I figured you wouldn't in this mm -hmm. area, he'd be a hard person to forget. Yeah. Um, so I was originally trained by Chris in a barn in... That's about right. Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, and not uncommon with professional. That's what I'm saying. Right, that's about right, that's, right. Yeah. You, know, you roll up to a new training center and you're like, "Yeah, this is right." You like yeah. you're in like a an industrial park or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, right. I, where we, I we went were. to school, I showed up and it was an industrial park in a wrestling ring mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. a building. And then, like a month and a half later, after I had paid my money, I showed up and that <laughs> building was empty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. What happened to the wrestling? <laughs> right, like, you know. So Go I get on. it. That was like some things yeah. never change. That You're was right. You're not looking to date for myself, but the... that was in the early 1990s. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, some things never change. You know, the coop, the right. barn, the garage door, mm -hmm. like wherever it, the basement. You roll yeah. up and you're you like, know? yeah, this is it. This, this is looks it. familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I uh, eventually moved up to Philly and started training at Chikara. Um, and I wasn't there for very long at all. Um, I moved up there November 2019. So not even six months later, COVID. Yeah. Everything, everything shut, shut down. down. And I was um, my partner and I have a house in uh, Richmond. Um, and so like my partner, my dog, my house, everything's back there. And right. I'm living with like three roommates that I don't really know in Center City, Philadelphia. And I'm like, all of the gyms are closed. No one is running shows. I can't train. I can't work out. I'm just, oh, just stuck. up here. Work. I was like, yeah. I'm leaving. Like, yeah. you know, worst case scenario, this all blows over in a few weeks. Panicked for nothing, and I'll come back. Right. Whoops. We all thought that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I was like, oh, there's no chance I'm staying here and, like, writing it out mm -hmm. by myself for mm -hmm. no reason. So I, I moved back, um, and that's where I'm based out of now still. Um, and... Again, yeah, if you know anything about the landscape, there's just not that much in Virginia compared to, especially right. compared yeah, to like the Philadelphia the area. Yeah, Philadelphia. yeah. yeah. So, so much. Now a lot of our students come from Virginia, yeah. actually. Oh, okay, right, because yeah. this is like the closest mm -hmm. yep. for them. It is. <laughs> the closest yep. reputable. It really but, is. You know. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm already getting the itch. I've had the itch to, to get back out of Virginia, but it's just a little bit, um, it's a different world in terms of... Uh, uh, transferring through my job and mm -hmm. uh, you know finding housing and stuff mm -hmm. like that it's just right. a little there's more risk involved and I, I didn't want to put myself in the same scenario of uh, moving and then you know delta variant or uh, whatever variant pops up and shut down again right. so it's been a little tricky trying to find my footing and, and yeah no I get out. it I like we you know listen we um we just uh you know made the announcement in the last week that our facility that we've been at for eight years and had our training center at for eight years um they're going in a different direction in the shopping center and we're moving and we me and dennis we, you know we've been doing this a long time that was all the big you know when we were looking at places we're like well you know a lot of commercial spots want you know it's pretty common in like our area and i i do real estate for a living so like commercial real estates it's pretty 
you know, common that they look for anywhere from a five to ten year lease. So we were like, Damn. all those things, we're like, whoa. <laughs> That's like, a what significant if, uh, commitment. We would yeah. have never, we've been doing this 30 years, would have never even had this thought of like the whole shutdown and like what it, like mm-hmm. that's, now that's the, that was the biggest thing at the forefront of when we're talking to people and looking at places or like, mm-hmm. well, what if, you know, the 85th variant comes out right. and, and you it's can't worse run. and we mm-hmm. have to shut down yeah. for another year and we're stuck in this lease and. So yeah, it's it's completely changed, yeah. especially with us because we're just entertainment. We were the last thing that yeah. was allowed yeah. to open up. Mm-hmm. Understandably, everything else. Opened Which up is funny because the training center was allowed to open up 13 months earlier. Which yeah, is it was so, so bizarre. Well, well that's because I think I really <laughs> think the you get into like the politics of it, like people making. I I would hope that if it happened again, it would be more structured. Yeah. And more like I think I. I as much as you want to, I guess, beat up the politics of it, I think also for anybody different states and localities that went through it nobody really knew how to handle it mm-hmm. right to yeah. and so wrestling hope, is such yeah. a small niche yeah. market that's what i, I mean, was gonna say i'm sure a lot of yeah. people yeah. making those decisions have no idea <laughs> yeah, right. no right. idea the difference between running training and running a show know. you know they think mm-hmm. it's like this wildly different that's... thing and they're like well we're still cramming these people together in the building i kept and... saying that to you i'm like so i can't 